0: Welcome to Speak It On. This program is designed for the edification and entertainment of the listeners and not designed to be representative of a church, nonprofit organization, or denomination. Opinions expressed are solely those of the host. Welcome back, and as always, thank you for listening. Good to have you here in the Christmas season 2021, and a lot of people are thinking, Whew, I am so glad this year is coming to an end. A lot of crazy stuff happened this year, but still. Don't wish your life away. Don't wish your life away. So, since we are into the Christmas season, let me make a few remarks on Christmas itself. Not negative necessarily, okay. Um this particular thing we're going to address is prophecies, okay? Prophecies having to do with Jesus and the fulfillment of prophecies. Now, there are a ton of of prophecies that Jesus fulfilled some of the most controversial i think in some ways are the ones concerning his birth now could be wrong but situation is christmas is kind of a head scratcher for some people and by the way i am not one of those people who believes that, oh no, it's uh, pagan Christmas uh, commercialism pagan holiday, you know, forget it. you know. The reason behind that is as a lot of people do know, and a lot of groups that get really crazy about this particular holiday, Uh, They don't like the commercialism, they don't like uh, the fact that uh, pretty much most scholars do not believe Jesus was born on December 25th, and I think it's pretty much accepted he he wasn't, but we celebrate it anyway. Uh, And personally, I kind of like the fact that um, Hanukkah and Christmas kind of come... Close and sometimes even coincide. The reason behind that is uh, Hanukkah is about the rededication of the temple, and I look at Christmas as a rededication of your life to the living God, the Messiah. Now, there are people. On both sides of the fence. Some people, no, don't celebrate Christmas, that's horrible. And other people saying, no, get over it, you need to go ahead and celebrate. Here's, here's what I think. I love this holiday. And now that's a personal thing. And it's personal for everybody, but, but it does keep me focused. And reminds me of the living God who came. Because without the Advent, you don't have anything. If God didn't come, you don't have anything. Now, as far as prophecies go, one of the biggest prophecies, I think, is Isaiah 7.14. So Isaiah 7.14 says, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign, Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Now, here's the thing about Jewish prophecy. Jewish prophecy has two sides to it. In fact, many things that are Jewish have are multifaceted. By that, I mean the more you examine them, the more you learn. It's pretty cool. Now, a lot of people that don't agree that this was filled, fulfilled by Jesus will point out that in the original text of uh, Isaiah 7.14, in Hebrew, it says maiden. It doesn't say virgin. It says maiden. Um, and that's true now here's a few things to point out though the Septuagint which is a Greek translation of the Old Testament specifically uses the Greek word for virgin now you can argue yeah but they didn't have a really good word for maiden okay but here's another issue in Jewish society if you had a maiden who all of a sudden wound up pregnant that was bad it was really bad it was so bad that they could be stoned to death because basically that means you're Bonafide. if you're not married, then in that situation, you committed uh, fornication, and that's death. Now, so, to say that the term maiden in the Old Testament was pretty much equal to virgin, I would say, isn't a far stretch. That makes sense. Again, if you had a maiden that wasn't a virgin, she would be a dead maiden, because they would stone her for being a fornicator. Now, uh, then, this particular uh, verse is, And shall bear a son. That's pretty specific. Not a daughter, a son, and she called his name Emmanuel. Now, here's here's the kicker. This was all. This was actually, I believe, during the Assyrian uh, conflict, and this was a sign in this particular situation where Isaiah was talking to the king. I believe now, many Hebrew prophecies have a dual meaning. By that I mean there was a fulfillment of the prophecy then and in the future. Hear me out. This it, it, It's kind of wild to wrap your brain around. There was a dual fulfillment. The fulfillment would be then and in the future. Now, so when was this fulfilled? Well, Matthew one twenty three. Behold... A virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which, being interpreted, is God with us. Now, another prophecy that folds into this same line of thinking is Isaiah 9:6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. That's specific. That's, I mean, then you can say, oh, well, you know, hey, it's 50 50. Yeah, but with this prophecy, it's pretty specific. God with us. Now, there are people who also point out <laughs> that, well, wait a minute, and they call foul. They go, whoa, 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 back up, back up, back up. It says Emmanuel. Uh, Jesus is named Jesus, not Emmanuel. In fact, his Hebrew name was actually Yeshua. So let's say hey, his name was Yeshua, right? Not Emmanuel. Well, true, however, and this is a beauty, I think, of many. Uh, Many Jewish prophecies and and Jewish prophecy in general is that a lot of times it's alluded to instead of uh, instead of being a direct correlation. Let me see if I can say that in English. For example, when. In the New Testament, uh, the angel comes to Joseph. They say Joseph, son of David. All right. Well, so David died. mm, I forget how many centuries before Joseph of Nazareth was born. So how how does that work? He's the son of David. Well, that means descendant, okay? So a lot of times it's, it's alluding to something. So when they call Jesus son of David, that's not a stretch either. Can mean the family of David, descendant of David. Hebrew. That's, and to me, this makes other people crazy. To me, I love that. It is very different than Greek in that it's um it's very figurative. It paints you a picture. Uh, Greek, on the other hand, gives you a stamp. Boom! That's what that is. Boom! That's what that is. Hebrew is not like that. Hebrew. Paint you a picture. And I love that about Hebrew. But anyway. So, the illusion is this Emmanuel, that's God with us. What is Jesus? Jesus is God here on earth with us. Now, um, it also, uh, you know, Jesus has many other names, uh, you know, the Prince of Peace. Everlasting Father, Wonderful Counselor, you know, there's a list there. Um, so you don't have to just tag him with one, but Yeshua is the name that he was given by the angel, by the, you know, in the Matthew account when Gabriel comes and talks to Mary and says, okay, you shall call his name Jesus or Yeshua. Because he will save his people from their sin. Now, here's what's so cool. And again, this is, this is I think, cool about um, Hebrew. Jesus, uh, Yeshua, means God will save. The word for save is Yoshia. That means to save, okay? So his name is Yeshua because he will yoshia his people. I think that's cool, but anyway, I love that. Now, there are a ton of other prophecies, and I would encourage you to look into them. But don't get put off by argumentation about no that prophecy doesn't you know doesn't apply to that. No, that prophecy doesn't apply to that. No, that prophecy didn't apply to that. Because in a lot of situations, um it has to do with what was accepted at the time. Not necessarily now, because uh because again the people that would argue fervently that Jesus was not the messiah will tell you oh that prophecy nah that didn't apply oh that didn't apply that didn't apply well it really does but the issue is there's room for discussion and discussing stuff's not a problem Because God is big enough for that. And Jesus is big enough for that. But, one of the things that I love about Paul. If you read about Paul, it says, And he argued with them with the scripture. So the Apostle Paul also had complications with his own people and non-Jews trying to convince them Jesus was and is the Messiah. And if it's an argumentation that Paul had kind of challenges with, guess what? We're going to have problems too. Um, now, did it say... And he argued with him with the scriptures and gave up. No, that's not what it says at all. Or and they they made him so embarrassed and they shut him down. No. Nope. Why? Because he had an experience with the living God. And he believed the word the way it was written. And he knew the word. He knew it very well. So, if we do the same thing, does that mean we're going to just win every conflict, you know? When somebody says, no, that doesn't apply to that. I don't know if it's a matter of winning. Because here's the thing. If you argue with someone... And I've mentioned this to friends before because they'll they'll tell me about somebody they're having a really involved argument with and this person was an atheist and I had a argument with them. Well, if you argued somebody down to the floor and you nail them down, okay? Do they just oh yeah, no, I see it now. Do they convert? No, they don't. do they believe? No, they don't. Not always. Some do. But normally what you end up with is a mad atheist. Or a mad someone else. So, discussion. Anytime you have discussions about prophecy, about who Jesus was, you have to realize some people are not ready for the truth. Their heart just ain't there. Now, Urgency is an issue because you can't guarantee they're going to live from one second to the next. So you share what you can. But from this perspective, apologetics, I think, is three-fourths how you live and one-fourth what you say. Because if you don't have credibility in your life, you're never going to get anybody to, uh, to believe what you're saying. And unfortunately, there's a lot of believers out there who've got train wrecks you know, in their personal lives. And when they try to share stuff, people are like, well, you know, I've been watching you and I don't want anything you've got. But in fact, I think it's kind of catchy. And if it is catchy, it's bad. So a lot of people shoot themselves in the foot. Really. And they're not believable because they have no source credibility. Well, what's that mean? That means they're not living it. If you're not living like these prophecies are fulfilled, if you're not living like the Son of the Living God came and was born, and that you have a relationship with, then all the prophecies in the world are not going to convince anyone. So, this Christmas season, I want to encourage you to give, but give some time and some thought into these prophecies and see how wonderfully fantastic It is that God fulfilled these prophecies right here, on this planet. And once you see these, it should strengthen your faith. It should strengthen, because faith is not blind. Now, is everybody going to agree? Nope. But here's the thing. Facts come first. And believe me, uh... Even though there's room for discussion, the fact is Jesus was the Messiah, and is the Messiah, and will always be the Messiah. So, with that thought in mind, I want to encourage you to keep on, keeping on, and Thank speak you for it on. This edition of Speak It On, and as always, don't be afraid to speak the word in boldness and truth.